Welcome back to the latest episode of the CJ Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on tonight's episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Texas alum Patrick McDermott as we go through the Big 12 football schedule with currently more than 12 teams. So who knows how much longer we'll be able to say more than 12 teams. We may say 20 at some point in the future. But right now we can say 12 uh, is, is not the only number. It's 14. So Patrick, how are you doing? Doing great, man. We are, I believe, 20 days from college football. Uh, not from our Big 12 schedule, I don't think, but foot, uh, college football itself kicks off 20 days, August 26th, I believe. Can't come soon enough. It's officially football season. Uh, getting into getting into the nitty gritty, trying not to overreact, but uh, that's, that's some of the most fun thing to do uh, leading up to the season. So We'll definitely do a little of that today. Um, couldn't be more excited. I think, what do we got? The final year of of the Big 12 as we know it um, with some of the big boys. And arguably, this isn't as we know it. As you said, we got 14 teams. It's pretty crowded. It's going to be a busy season. There's going to be a lot of storylines to look at. And uh, yeah, can't wait to watch it all unfold. Yeah, there's, there's so many things that are going to happen in the Big 12 over the next year that are going to change the perspective of the league right of just you know uh, i say league of all of ncaa i mean pac 12 is probably going to dissolve but who knows maybe they end up adding in a bunch of mountain west teams and do some crazy things maybe the acc teams are being able to be bought out or make compromises or whatever but for right now we're going to focus on the 2023 big 12 football schedule you know and uh start out with tcu plays colorado so former big 12 team comes back and plays current big 12 team that wasn't there when they left, you know, and gets to come back. But besides that one non-conference match, it's kind of funny to point out here. I want to ask you, we're going to go through the Texas schedule, the OU schedule, the Oklahoma State schedule, uh, pick out some dark horses, and then also try to pick conference championship game. I'm not going to ask you for the winner because that's always so tough. And there's not necessarily in my mind a clear, hey, this team's going to win it all in the Big 12 this year. As usually we're, I mean, as an Oklahoma State fan, I'll speak for myself here. Usually it's like, man, OU and whatever Heisman candidate quarterback they have and then everyone else. And this year, I don't feel that way at all. I feel like it's the whole entire grid's wide open and want to see what you think as well here, too. Yeah, I agree. I think um, you, you'll see. I'll save it for later when we do the conference championship. But there I, I think I think we're going to see uh, we're going to see some unusual faces make a lot of noise in the Big 12 this year. Um, I don't necessarily think it's it's going to be the big boys on top. Um, I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the new teams as well, kind of what we see from them. But uh, I agree with you. I think I think it is wide open. I don't think that's going to help the Big 12. I'll say that right off the get go. I don't see them getting a team in the playoff. Um, we you know, we'll, we'll get into that as well. But um, I think I think this te- this league may end up sort of cannibalizing itself a little bit. A lot of teams kind of beating each other, having a lot of sort of inconsistency about it's not going to be a clear, you know, first, second, third best team. And they kind of win in that order, if that makes sense. Um, I think there's going to be some chaos. I really do. Um, and there's a couple just from a from a 
from a from a bird's eye view, you mentioned Colorado uh, TCU kind of kicking off the slate. Uh, future Big Twelve team, also a former Big Twelve team, kind of a crazy scenario there. Um, but we 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 get some interesting games in the final weekend this year, and I don't know if you agree, but besides Bedlam, uh, you know the big 12 schedule a lot of times kind of peters off toward the end in recent years. Once, uh, you know, once a few things got shaken up. So one game I really like this year is OUTCU. OUTCU mm. is the last weekend of the year, which is pretty exciting. TCU gets to bookend its its season with, with two uh, kind of interesting games there. Um, and also this is the final year of Bedlam, is it not? So, that that's that's got to be bittersweet. That's another big storyline. Looking in, see who comes away with the final one. So, um, tell me what what you what do you think about that? I mean, from a from a, I know we'll do the whole schedule here, but from yeah. an OSU fan, uh, are you sad not to play OU? I know that game doesn't usually go so well for you, but uh, is that a game you're going to miss? Or I'm is so that a glad. Game- I'm yeah. so glad you asked because that is not a game I'm going to miss. That is one of those games where there has always been such a reluctancy to COU on the schedule and, and win because it's always been in the gut of your stomach and the pit of my stomach every year. It's like, okay, we could have an amazing year. We could be, we could be 11 and 0. We could be 10 and 0. We get all the way down there to the finish line, but then all of a sudden, okay, we're, you know, we're 10 and one, right? We've only lost to central Michigan and then OU just kills us. And it's just not even, it, it's one of those where it's like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. And then we end the season 11-2, we, you know, we call it 11-1, and one, you know, all that type of stuff, because Central Michigan game was just so bizarre. But it's always one of those games where, oh, it's a rivalry, but to who? Like, like who thinks of that game outside of Oklahoma as a rivalry? Because I honestly don't think of it as a rivalry too much. I'm not trying to get too in my feels here, but when, when OU, like, calling it as it is, OU beats OSU 90 out of, 110 times whatever it is i think 100 it's not really a rivalry and under the mike gundy era mike gundy's flipped the script for oklahoma state football he has gone on a streak of beating kansas state texas iowa state you know ku just everyone in the big 12 texas tech anyone who had previously been for oklahoma state like i don't know how we're gonna do against them mike gundy's proven to be able to go yeah it doesn't matter we're gonna beat him except for ou two wins against OU in 17 years and tough and, and and sorry excuse me three wins and the two of those three wins are are really close games the entire time one's 2021 I'm talking about the other one is where we asked Bob Stoops to basically punt it again to Tyree Kill who runs it back and then we end up scoring in overtime two to win the one game where it's like, oh, we put it on him is 2011 when we probably should have gone to the national championship. If we had beat Iowa State at Iowa State on a Friday night, that was weird. But to answer your question directly here, I'm fine not playing OU anymore because I think as an Oklahoma State fan, that is the one game every year where it's like, okay, we're just waiting for this team that owns us to beat us again, basically. And, oh, you could be having a horrible year like they were last year and still just crush us when we're having a – bad year for us too you know we went to we both go to bowl games but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day it's like okay i'm so excited usually as an oklahoma state fan oklahoma state alum like can't wait for you to lose so it's a good day when OU loses but not really it's like it's kind of like it's really sour way to look at things when i'm excited for the 
other rival in state to lose. It's like, I should be happy when we win. And then when OU fans are like, oh, can't believe Oklahoma State beat us this year. It's like, yeah, for them, it's usually we got lucky. So I'm, I'm happy it's no longer on the schedule after this year, at least for a while. Well, the good news for you guys is the perfect way to leave a much better taste in your mouth about that whole rivalry is to win the final one. So you have a chance to do that. Uh, where is that game? Is it at home? Uh, it is. is it? There it's you in go. Stillwater. So that's yeah. cool. And it's not the last game of There's the year. The bright side. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of bright things looking up for Oklahoma State football. And the fact that recruiting class looks good. The Big 12 is going to be completely new, which I know we're going to get into here with a couple of the Dark Horse teams and stuff too, where you don't know who's going to be on top. And I would take a guy as a head coach. He's been head coach of a team for 15 plus years, has a full streak of however many years it is now too. And he's not going anywhere. These other teams. Yeah, he's not yet. If Gundy goes anywhere, he retires or NFL, or he's trying to go get a bigger paycheck if he's flirting with other schools. That's what's been proven. So, you know, I'm happy that OU is not the last game of the season, too, because no matter what, it'll be, okay, we play OU, and we can go ahead and jump into the Oklahoma State sketch if we want to, but we yeah, play let's OU, start with that. Then, uh, then UCF, Houston, then BYU at home. So Oklahoma State opens up the season against University of Central Arkansas at home. I'm just going to go out and say that's an easy win. I mean, there's, there's not really a, a chance I'm saying that one's a close, but if it is, that's really scary. Then at Arizona State, that's where I think it gets tough. We see Alan Bowman, transfer quarterback in Oklahoma State. Is he good? Is he bad? I think it's really more of a pick game because they have like a five-star quarterback in. They have brand new guys in. They're going to be pretty good at Arizona State. They have a brand new head coach. We don't know what to expect from them. But I'm going to also pick Oklahoma State to win. Then University of Southern Alabama I also, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say win here. And real, real quick, uh, just back to uh, USA. And I agree with that. I do. Um, uh, Now back to Arizona state, just real quick. They played last year, didn't they? And Oklahoma state won pretty handily, I believe. So the score, this is what's weird. The score looks pretty handily, but it was 20 to 17 entering the fourth quarter. Oklahoma state ran away with it at the end. But it was it was close. It got to be a nail biter scenario a couple times through the game where it didn't feel too confident, and that's with Herm Edwards being like basically almost out the door. He was fired not too many weeks later, and also with a quarterback that's no longer on the team. So, I, I Sun Devils will be tough, and that is at Arizona State. So mm-hmm. one to look out for there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But those three, I think Oklahoma State ends up three and zero to start the season. Then the Iowa State game on the 23rd of September. That's at Iowa State. I don't know. What's your read on Iowa State this year? I actually, uh, I like them quite a bit. Um, I have them going seven and five, eight and four. I, I think they they rebound a little bit from last year. Um, honestly, I, I do I do think Oklahoma State can win that game. I, th- I kind of think they will. Um that is, you know, that I, I think it's a good program. You know, they, I think Iowa State kind of lost some people the last couple of years. I think their best year was the pandemic year. I think that's kind of where they peaked in a, in a weird season. Um, but I think they're, they're definitely still a good program. Obviously, they got a great coach and um, that's, that, that'll be a fun game, I think. But I, I think OSU can win that. All right. All right. That, that's where I am too, is I'm, I'm a win 
at Iowa State as well. Then what I think it's really tough for Oklahoma State here is that our bye weeks early on in the season again. It's four games in the season that we had a bye week. Last year, that's what really was the gut punch for us too, is that it was, okay, we're four weeks in, gut punch, and this is where I think we see our first loss coming after that, is K-State I think is going to be pretty darn good this year. I They, they return they return, excuse me, oh, excuse me there, Will Howard, who just lit us up last year, wasn't close, 49 nothing is how K-State beat Oklahoma State last year. Granted, that was in Manhattan, but returning quarterback and it's in, in his senior year, I don't know necessarily what to say too much besides I don't know why they'd lose. I don't know why Oklahoma State would win after last year's showing. And Alan Bowman is it's a quality quarterback, I think. Otherwise, Gundy wouldn't have him under center. But I don't think he's a game changer from a perspective for Oklahoma State. And we have the same running backs on the roster. We have the same defensive scheme on the roster. We've only lost a couple guys defensively. So, and people forget, I know, you know, you probably don't, but Kansas State defending Big 12 champ. Right. You know, people people yeah. forget that. You know, the TCU got all the buzz because they went to the national championship game, well deserved and and what have you. Um, you know, way overachieved, I think, from where most people saw them, but so did Kansas State, and they won their biggest game of the year against playoff team TCU. So now there that was that game was virtually a tie could have gone either way. I think they won by three, you know, by the end, but can't take that away from them. Kansas State is definitely a good team. Um, I, I got to agree. I think that I think that's probably a loss for OSU. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then right after that, I. This hurts to say as an Oklahoma State fan, but I think we lose two in a row at home. Uh, we play KU at home. And KU's going to have the Big 12 player of the year. Kendall, um, excuse me, Jalen uh, Jalen Daniels, right? Uh, under center, a quarterback for KU. And I think I was named slightly wrong there. But that's just a game where, like, the Big 12, like, preseason big player of the year uh, for the Big 12, I just don't see a way that Oklahoma State really – has a good chance in this one either. And it's KU. So I would normally say, oh, we should just kill them. It's not going to be close. Yada, yada, all this type of stuff. But then again, every single year, it's like, well, I don't know. KU might be good this year. And KU beat us last year. And it it was close. It was at KU. But it wasn't... It wasn't just like, oh, Oklahoma State's like there. And and that's where I really think that Oklahoma State could just lose two in a row at home. It kind of sucks, but like that's that's how I see it breaking out. I don't know how you see KU playing out this year, but they bring back Lance Lapold or Leopold, yep. excuse me. Lance Leopold, and great coach. They bring back their starting quarterback who didn't who didn't play in the KU quarterback last year didn't play Oklahoma State. So like we played their backup and we lost to them. Granted, in Lawrence, but still, it just I've not exactly a fame. Hard time picking Oklahoma State against. Uh, hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, really I, I hear what you're saying. Per, yeah, personally, I don't. I, I do think Kansas takes a step back. Like I agree with you, Lance Leipold is a really good mm. coach. Um, 
and who knows, you know, maybe they build on last year and, and in a, in a year that's this kind of wide open in the conference, maybe they do, but um, I'm not as sold on Kansas this year. I think, I think they overachieved last year, sort of like TCU did to a greater extent. Um, you know, Kansas, I, I think this is a season they might be, they might be scratching and clawing for a bowl game type type of season, but, but we'll see. We'll see. I think OSU may have a better chance there. Uh, then you think, like you say, they're they're at home this year, you know, against Kansas. And I think in in a conference like this, you gotta you gotta win your road games. Like if you can steal a couple road games, that's going to be the key. And I, I don't think this is one that Kansas can steal. So I'll the, put a vote of confidence yeah, just, for the Cowboys. There, hear me out on this. The the I I I love it. I want to take your take your word for it, but. The other thing I think about is that KU beat us 37 to 16 last year with their back quarterback. Like that's what just keeps going back through my head. Like they beat us like by this much. They beat us by 21 points last year with their back quarterback. It's just is tough for me to go. Yeah, we've got this, you know, as far as Oklahoma state goes. So I would love for us to get it. I think normally every single year, like, Oh yeah, it'll be, It'll be easy, but and it's Jalen Daniels. I should look it up here for KU. But, yeah, I thought for a second. Uh, I thought for a second you were mixing him up with the LSU guy, but that's Jaden yeah. Daniels. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah, to double Jaylen. check too. I was like, is it Jaden oh. or Jalen? They're both like D one <laughs> premier quarterbacks. But yeah, go ahead. No, no, that, but that, that, and that's kind of it though. Overall, it's just okay. I don't know if we're gonna be able to do that. So we'll. Uh, I would love to take your stance on it, but I'll go ahead and just jump to West Virginia this year. West Virginia is the team that I think is going to be the doormat of the Big 12. They, in the preseason media poll for the Big 12, are picked to finish 14th by far and away in the really? Big 12. They are not picked to do well at all. They are, I mean, they're, they're picked to just basically be replenishing their roster this year from scholarship perspective. And even though Oklahoma State has to go to Morgantown, Oklahoma State's lost once in Morgan, lost once West Virginia before in the Big 12. I think they've lost once right when West Virginia joined and once last year. I don't see Oklahoma State losing to West Virginia, and I don't see Oklahoma State losing three in a row. So that's where I stand on the West Virginia game, is Oklahoma State goes ahead and takes care of business in Morgantown. Yeah, honestly, I did not know that uh... – I did not know that that West Virginia was picked last uh, in the AP. That's that's a little surprising, um, especially with some of the people coming in. I, I personally kind of think Houston is going to have trouble winning winning games in the Big Twelve. I think Houston could be that doormat, in my opinion. They lost their quarterback. They haven't had. A, they really Dana Holgerson was supposed to come in and 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 really kind of revitalize there, and he really. He hasn't really done it. Um, Clayton Toon was their their quarterback, veteran guy, and so they'll be breaking in a new one. Um, that's that's sort of a side note here, but I I, I kind of think West Virginia. I, I don't necessarily see them making any noise. I think they're another one of those like borderline bowl teams, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I think I think that could be an even game. I could see it going either way. All right. Well, the moving on to Cincinnati here. Oklahoma State, I think, beat Cincinnati at home. That's homecoming for Oklahoma State. We've got a really good record homecoming games for the past several years, and it's Cincinnati. Like, I don't, I don't know what to expect from too much, but I feel pretty good about it. Not necessarily sure why, but I'll 
go back to the Big 12 media poll again and throw it out one more time. Cincinnati's picked to finish 13th. Oklahoma State's picked to finish 7th. So I'll take Oklahoma State, you know, every single day of the week over uh, over Cincinnati at home for homecoming and the first one at home here in you know, after losing two in a row at home. So I'll take Oklahoma State there for sure. Yeah, I and and to kind of touch on Cincinnati there, I also agree. I, I think they're gonna be <laughs> I think they're gonna have difficulty there. It's they got the coach from Louisville, Scott Satterland, or uh, excuse me, uh Scott Satterfield. Um, so he's a new guy. Obviously, Luke Fickle had tremendous success there, you know, playoff appearance, spectacular run there, you know, just just an awesome coach, awesome guy. He's now at Wisconsin. Um but he was all their their new coach Scott Satterfield. He's also uh, he also was the coach of Appalachian State before he was at Louisville. Um, so he's got a little bit of you know he, he's got some experience. Although he wasn't exactly making huge waves at Louisville, so you know that that's still I would say a borderline upgrade at at head you know for him as far as the the coaching tree. I mean that's a, that's an okay job, but I think a lot of that program success was due to Luke Fickle and, and having just a, an incredible recruiter there having players like sauce Gardner, you know, like, like they just don't have those guys anymore. So I agree. I think they're going to have some growing pains coming to the big 12. I, I think OSU takes care of business there. Awesome. Glad, glad to hear you are, you're with me on that one because the, uh, the next couple takes here I have are, I think a little bit more of a doozy. So, um, so after winning two in a row, Oklahoma state, Last year, Bedlam. I know it's at home. Listen, what the week before the game, I'd love to catch up with you again here and just say Oklahoma State or bust. But right now, as it stands, before Bedlam, you heard my other little pre-speech. I'm not picking Oklahoma State against Dylan Gabriel and his second year in a Big 12 system and his second year with Jeff Lebby, his offensive coordinator, and Brett Venables getting the whole defensive staff tuned up with OU. And guys, I'm just not picking them. And Honestly, Mike Gundy, like this is the one game every year where he plays it so close to the chest and doesn't take risks that it just sucks. So not big Oklahoma State against OU last year at Bedlam, at least for now. TBD, we got we got teams joining conferences left and right. Stuff shifting around, shifting around, excuse me. And who knows? Maybe Oklahoma State will have some have some room in their non-conference schedule in the future. But for right now, we're losing to OU. And then I also think we're losing to UCF on the road. Uh, University of Central Florida, that's the next week we have here. And it's just, they're picked to finish one spot behind us in the Big 12 football media preseason poll. I keep referring back to that because I think it's a good indicator of where everyone else sees us. That's a little bit more or less biased than myself. I generally see everything, excuse me, through super orange tinted glasses. Now I'm saying America's brightest orange, not America's burn orange because yeah. I'm not a Texas fan. Understood. But, but I do see everything through like super orange tinted glasses. So I try to call it what it is. And when we're picked to finish above UCF by seven points in the preseason poll, it's not enough for me to think that a road game is going to be that winnable. And also UCF is like sold out their season tickets. So that we know that place will be jumping. I don't know if UCF is going to be that good. I honestly don't know too much about the program overall. And I know earlier on in the season, they play basically a bunch of no-names that I didn't know Villanova had a football team. If you had told me, coin toss, $50,000 to Villanova football team or not, I would have said no. But UCF's playing them in the preseason, uh, their third week of the se se season this year, excuse me. So 
I think UCF will come in that Oklahoma State game fired up, ready to go, and possibly going towards a Big 12 championship game, which we'll get to a little bit later on, because their schedule really does go that way that they could be lining up for it. Who knows? So I've got UCF winning this one, though, against Oklahoma State. I would, I'll, I'll jump in too. And we, we've done, um, you know, we've, we've touched briefly on two of those new Big 12 teams. We, I guess we may as well, you know, have a word here about UCF too. And we'll go back and hit BYU when we do Texas's schedule. But UCF, I think, is going to have by far the best season of any of those four new teams. Um, I, I think they could be, I, I don't think they'll be in the championship game, but I, I think, I think their floor is probably seven and five. You know, I think I think they could definitely go seven and five with that schedule. You know, you mentioned, and they could easily hit eight and four. I think a nine win season would be would be great for them because Gus Malzahn is the coach there. You know, former Auburn guy. This is his third season at UCF, and he's had two nine win seasons in a row in his first two years, and that was in you know the American Conference. So, um, I guess logic would say if he won nine games in the American, he should, you know, win a little less than that if he's got a similar team, but um, I don't necessarily think so. I think, I I think, I think they're going to be pretty darn good. Um, You know, whether or not they beat OSU, I don't have a strong opinion, to be honest. I think, I think they'll lose a few games in there somewhere on their schedule. Um, But, but you're right. I mean, they, they don't play Texas. They, you know, that, that's, that's big. They don't play TCU. So and those games are replaced basically by playing Houston and playing Kansas and West Virginia, you know, and, and those teams. So, you know, that some things break their way. I mean, they have a they have a non-conference game against Boise State, you know, which is kind of kind of cool. Talk about a long travel day. I mean, <laughs> like Boise State to to Central Florida, that is about as as tough a flight as it gets. Um, so so, you know. And they're flying to Boise, by the way. So, so that is that is a tough one. Um, but I, I do think they win the game. I mean, they, they're the better team. That's just a a fun little fluke on the schedule. Like that's that's kind of surprising that they agreed to that. Um, but I like UCF this year. I really do. I, I think I think they're going to have a good team. I, I don't think they're going to have the growing pains going to the Big Twelve um, that say a Houston is going to have. Yeah, well, in, in Oklahoma State, the, the one really good thing for us this year is that we play all four newcomers. And so we finish out the schedule with at Houston, then BYU at home. And, yeah, we do have to play OU. Yeah, we do have to play K-State. But we also don't play TCU, and we don't play Texas, as you're talking about with UCF. So that's a really nice turn of events for Oklahoma State. We also don't play Texas Tech, who I think could be okay this year. They've got non-conference schedule. That's not super easy because they play Oregon. But... Still, I, I think that Oklahoma State here could shape up to be eight and four in the season with I'm gonna go ahead and say it, winning at Houston and the BYU at home to end the season. Though that's my pick here for Oklahoma State. It's eight and four. It's close here. I definitely think seven and five is possible, but the Cowboys have a lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball here. We've got Kendall Daniels as safe as safety. We've got Colin Oliver playing defensive line. Both were picked to finish and you know preseason big 12 nominations for stuff and we've got ollie gordon a running back who i don't think has had the chance to really show how good he can be and the guy looks like he's already in the nfl physically so that to me is going to be going a long way if we can really start running the ball and then hopefully at the end of the year get more of the air raid stuff back and really have that kind of 
okay, yeah, you've got Kendall Hunter. Yeah, you've got Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, you've got, you know, insert X, you know, Vernon Morenci, if I'm really throwing it back there, and a bunch of other guys for Oklahoma State that I'm sure I'm forgetting. Joseph Randall as well, too. So I love the idea of Oklahoma State here going 8-4 and four to end out the season with the four losses being, you know, unfortunately at the end of the day, but being K-State, KU, and then uh, OU, UCF, and, you know, moving on, having a hard time. So. Nothing wrong with that. Eight and four is a pretty good season that should land you in, say, the Alamo Bowl, maybe, you know, something like that, a fun bowl game like that. Um, and I, I think I would have them a little lower. I, I would, I think more in the, the seven and five range is probably, probably more likely for me. But I, I think this is a bowl team. This is not a Big 12 championship team. I'm sorry to say. But yeah, they're, they're replacing a longtime starting quarterback. You know, they're they're replacing guys, you know, obviously there's a ton of stability for the program. I think that's the best thing that OSU has going for it as an outsider is their stability. I mean, they've had the same coach forever. They have a known excellent college football atmosphere and environment. Pretty darn good home field advantage, you know, get, you know compared to a lot of teams. And I think they stand out in the conference in that way. They're always fun to watch on TV. Um, I don't think this is the year they go all the way, but I do think we'll see them playing in a bowl game, you know, in that seven and five range. Um, so I like it, you know, and I, I'm sure OSU fans not necessarily satisfied with that, but that is kind of how I see it going. Yeah. It's not a 10 win season, but you know what? Not every year can be a lot of years have been previously. And this is a bounce back year for Oklahoma state after finishing last year with a, you know, a sub sub par ending, you know, seven and six, this is a chance for Oklahoma state to really just go. Yeah. We're, we're not ever out. We're just, you know, kind of down a little bit some years, but we still go to bowl games. So let's go ahead and talk about university of Texas. Those longhorns here. Hook them horns. Uh, I'm feeling okay. This is okay. this is uh, just as hyped as every other year of Texas football is. Um, I'm used to it at this point. I'm used to being disappointed. I'm ready to get hurt again. Um, I think I came on here last year, and I think I picked them to go 11 and one last year, including mm-hmm. a win at or a win against Bama. That obviously didn't happen. Um, so I'm going to try something different. I am going to pick for an underachieving Texas team. Spoiler alert as we go through the season. Um, Because frankly, I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it on the field. Uh, You know, blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe, as somebody said. Uh, But I'm not one of those people. I haven't seen it yet, so I do not believe. I do not believe in Texas as a playoff team yet. Um you know, on paper, we should be great. We lost Bijan Robinson, one of our best players, you know, in recent memory, top 10 draft pick. Can't be mad about that, but every single other person from the offense is back. So that, you know, that is a, that is a huge vote of confidence in the offense. Quinn Ewers, another year under his belt. I think he's, I think he's going to improve. He should improve. And if he happens to be injured or if he severely underperforms and gets benched, I think we are, would all be very lucky to get to watch Malik Murphy on a football field. This is a guy that not enough people are talking about. Forget Arch Manning for the time being. Who knows if he's going to transfer or not, whatever. We're so lucky to have him while he's here. Malik Murphy is a guy. He redshirted last year. He's like 6'5", giant quarterback, absolute cannon arm. 
not enough people are talking about this guy. He would be a starter right now on about 80 college football teams. The guy is a beast. Malik Murphy. That being said, this is Quinn Ewer's year. He's going to make or break this team along with, you know, a defense that historically has had a lot of trouble in the secondary. Like that, we, we give up big plays like nobody's business. Um, so that needs to, that needs to stop. You know, this is a team that, that has it all on offense. I think, I mean, Jatavian Sanders, um, is, is definitely one of the top tight ends in the country. The Bama transfer. We have a couple new transfer wide receivers, Adonai Mitchell and, uh, Isaiah Nayer from Colorado. So those guys, those guys are going to, they're going to contribute right away along with Xavier worthy, a wide receiver, you know, all big 12 guy. He's, he's only gotten better. And then Jordan Whittington, the veteran who, who came back for, I believe a fifth season, like he used his COVID, his COVID eligibility year. So we got a lot of experience in these playmaking weapons and we just got to use them. So getting into the schedule, um, I, we, we beat rice for sure. I'll skip that, you know, first game of the year, rice at home. That's tough rice, by the way, they also play uh, a couple other big 12 teams they i think they play houston and i saw them on somebody else's schedule as i was looking through it so rice is really going through the ringer shout out to them i'm sure they're just they're they're enjoying those paychecks for for playing the big games um but then we got bama and this is this is tough it's bama on the road in tuscaloosa i rewatched the austin game last from last season recently and i had my heart broken all over again because that game was so winnable, had some very questionable calls from the refs that I know all those Texas fans uh, out there remember. But that was a game that we were within a point of winning, even with Quinn Ewers injured uh, for three quarters of that game. Um, incredibly, incredibly tough. And at the end of the day, we just got beat by a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and Bryce Young, who made three or four Heisman plays in that game. Um so this is a big time revenge game. The problem is it's on the road. I think with this home and home with Bama, I, I sort of have a feeling that last year was our chance to win. Like that was our chance to beat Bama at home, record crowd, you know, all all of that and all of the above. So I don't think they do it. I, I really want to pick them, but I don't think Texas beats Bama this year, even with a new quarterback for Bama. Um, still a little bit unsure about who that's going to be. I know this is not an SEC podcast, but they've got the transfer guy from from uh, Notre Dame, Buckner, coming in. He could potentially start. Um, he didn't do a whole lot at Notre Dame. <laughs> and they also have Notre Dame's offensive coordinator in Tommy Reese. So who knows what 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 Alabama is going to look like on offense, but they, they obviously do nothing but reload every year. And, and that home field is going to be tough. If Texas beats Bama in that week two game, we are looking at a special, special season for Texas. I really think so. Unfortunately, I don't necessarily see that happening. How do you see that game going? I so so yeah, Rice win. Um, not even worth the breath out of my mouth on that one. But besides that one, the the Alabama game, it it's tough. Like you said, I think the chance was last year. I think that's really well put. This year, it's like, man, you know what? Like, you never know. It's week two. Alabama could lose this game and still be the national championship at the end of the year, especially depending on Texas does. But I just it, when in doubt, you pick Alabama. You just do. And in Texas, unfortunately, 
not trying to get under your skin here. I don't think you're going to take this a bad way, but Texas is not proven to be that team to knock a team off or really show up against them when they weren't expecting it or, or do whatever. Everyone gets ready for Texas. That's the thing is that like, I would say Texas is like the Dallas Cowboys of college football where you see the star, you see the logo, you see the horns, you see the logo, you know who they are and you want to make sure to say, Hey, that's the game we're going to get up and get excited for, especially preseason Alabama SEC schedule. They don't ever face that many teams that are like absolutely agonizingly just tough as nails. In my mind, they get to play the old misses of the world to give them trouble. They get to play the LSUs the world, give them trouble. Then like they'll play Arkansas, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, a uh, you know, to me at least, okay. If Oklahoma State had to play Arkansas, I wouldn't be talking this way, but it's Alabama. Like that you just, you just think they will. And this goes to the point of, okay, Alabama will get up for Texas. Like they won't, they won't overlook this one. And that's the way Texas could beat them is like last year at home when maybe you overlook him and Bryce Young doesn't have the best game ever. And then all of a sudden he does in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I, I think this is one where Alabama wins. Yeah. And I would, I would be so happy to be proven wrong. And like I said, if they do, I mean, I'm, I'm almost glad it's, it's week two and really the first meaningful game just like it was last year but we are going to know really soon what kind of texas team we are dealing with and we're going to know it's the perfect measuring stick playing against everybody says it we want bama we want bama and it's the you know the sarkeesian connection you know we have half of bama's old coaching staff for crying out loud and a couple of their big time transfers too so you know texas this whole sort of architecture of the texas program has sort of been built on we want to be Bama we want to we want our facilities to look like Bama we want our coaching staff to be like Bama we want to build our team the way Bama does and last year I you know we were we were one play away arguably from 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 overcoming them and sort of proving we belong. So this is a giant chance to do that. It's just a big time uphill battle. We do have more experience, you know, at quarterback and and more experience from the playmakers. So anything's possible, but boy, does that look like a tough game to win, but uh, we'll move on here to Wyoming. You know, can't say too much about Wyoming. I think we win that game. It's at home. You know, let's not overthink it. We, we beat Wyoming. So uh, I'll move on to Baylor, who we really haven't talked about yet. Um, and I, I mentioned I'm picking Texas to underachieve, uh, partly as part of the, uh, a reverse jinx sort of experiment here. Um, a little bit of reverse psychology for the the football gods here. But uh, I think Texas loses to Baylor. Baylor. Baylor is always a really tough game for us, although we did beat them in the, in the regular season finale last year. Um, but Dave Aranda is a great coach and, and I think Baylor ends up in the big 12 championship game. Spoiler alert, um, you know, for later, I'll get your picks too, but I think Baylor makes that championship game. They are, they are incredibly well coached. I think they, they have a lot of talent. They, they play well on the road and, um, you know, I I think that's what it takes. I, I, I think they could they could be one of those overachieved teams um uh, you mentioned the the preseason poll they were picked 6th out of 14 so you know that i i'm sort of I, i'm high on baylor you know compared to a lot of people but 
I think they have it in them this year. I think they're very good. Um, I just like, I mean, I've, I've said it twice now, but Dave Aranda is one of my favorite coaches in the country. I think he can, he can win any game that he's in. Um, and I think he, he's proven that he's already had success. I think he's going to, I think he's going to peak this year. Um, but I think, I think Texas goes down versus Bama. I really, or versus Baylor. I really do. You know, that being, um, that being an away game, listen, like, it's going to be filled with Texas fans. Like it's, it's not far away. It's McLean stadium. It won't be, it won't be just a huge Baylor crowd is the way to say it. I mean, Baylor faithful will be there, but like, not like Texas fans don't travel at all. You know I mean? This isn't a, Oh, K state game, you know, where it's that far of a travel destination either. And there's just, it's in the state of Texas. But with that being said, I do agree. Dave Aranda's a great head coach. I think you guys will be in the fight in Josh Allen's of Wyoming. And then, yeah, have to go to Baylor. And I'm not trying to say their 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 home atmosphere is anything to be too afraid of is my point here. But mm-hmm. it's not an easy game. It's just never easy at, at Baylor. And, yeah, I, I could see it being a total toss-up. It, for me, I think this is one that Texas has to win for, for you guys to, like, keep on a, you know, first-place overall team kind of start. but. Yeah, I, I can see this being a slip up. I'm not going to disagree with you. You know, I'm going to. And Baylor, Baylor was a. I believe they were a six and six team last year. Like Baylor had a down year last year, and I just really think they're a better program than that. I think last year was a blip on their record rather than the norm. Um, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm my my predictions are just going to be conservative today, as far as Texas is concerned. Like. I, I think Baylor is is good enough to beat Texas, especially since Texas has not proven to me that they can win the games they're supposed to win. And they are supposed to beat Baylor. Like, they absolutely are supposed to beat Baylor, uh, but they tend to drop two, three games like this every year. Um, so I'm just picking, I'm picking this as one of those games. So, so moving on from Baylor to uh, Kansas. I am not as high on Kansas as you are um, for this upcoming year. I, I just, I, I, they don't have the talent. Their quarterback is way better than they're used to at quarterback. Um, but I think Texas takes care of them. I really do. I mean, Kansas was supposed to be, I mean, they, they were much improved last year. I think they start, what did they start? Five and O last year yeah. or something. And yeah, they got, got everybody talking, start. but then, yeah. you know, they faded down the stretch and they, they were certainly better than, uh, Kansas had been in the past. Like Kansas was used to kind of struggling to win a game and that Kansas is probably gone. So credit to, to Lance Leipold on that. Like Kansas is not a doormat anymore. They're not, you know, they're, they're going to be competing for a bowl game, but I honestly don't think they get there. I think they kind of regress back a little bit. Um, you know, they would need, a, they would need a lot of things to go right. I think for, for them to be, to, for them to make any noise this year. Um, and I, I kind of don't think they will. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna pick uh, Texas to beat Kansas. We also killed them last year. We lost to them in, in Sark's first year in, in overtime. That was tough. Um, but then went out and beat them by like 55 to 10 last year or something like that. So I, I think that's going to be the norm. Yeah, th- those games feel good to win by as much as you're supposed to win them by. So <laughs> I think we get back to form doing that uh, regularly. So... Um, and then we have OU. We got OU. It's it's luckily that is sticking around with the SEC. So so that's good news. And um, 
I think they they officially announced to it's now like branded as the Red River rivalry, which I was like, wasn't it always called that? But apparently it was like it was the Red River shootout. And then for a couple of years, they they called it the Red River showdown. What just call it the Red River rivalry. So now they are finally um, none of that matters. It's just like the the way it's broadcast and the way it's branded. But uh, we all kind of got a laugh out of that. But I think I think Texas beats OU this year like that. I, OU has got a ton to prove, arguably way more than Texas. Um, and we, we can talk more in detail about OU later on. But um, OU had a very bad year. Like OU, OU went five and seven, which is unheard of. And with a brand new head coach who had had nothing but success as a coordinator, that's an embarrassment. So, so I think OU has a lot of of growing up to do if they want to get back in the mix. And I think Texas is, you know, they, I think OU will improve this this year. I don't think they're going to be as bad as last year, but Texas is the better team, and they're going to win this game. Yeah couple of things for OU last year. Losing to K-State initially looked like, wait a second. Oh, my gosh. It's OU just free-falling. And then you realize, wait, K-State's pretty good. They won the Big 12. You know, and, and you realize a couple other things here, too. But I'm not I'm not picking them to beat Quinn Ewers in the Red River, in the RRR, Red River rivalry. I mean, that's a total <laughs> tongue twister there. But I'm not picking them to, to beat Texas there because they haven't – They last year didn't show it. Dylan Gabriel did not jump off the charts as, oh my gosh, this Jeff Levy system who used to be his offense coordinator at UCF before he transfer, transferred, and it just didn't, didn't prove to be it. So, talk about it. Yeah, I think you guys beat KU. I, as Oklahoma State fan, the KU battle scars of like last year, 37-16, it's KU. We should beat them like a drum every year, you would think. So, that to me is one of those, Oklahoma State, I'm worried about KU. Texas, I'm not. It's at home. It shouldn't be, shouldn't be too tough of a challenge. And Jalen Daniels is is an easy guy to look at the roster and go, don't let that one dude beat us, right? Oklahoma so State, true. Those, those those scars are still there. OU game, it's kind of the same with Dylan Gabriel. I would say you can't let that quarterback sit back there and be yet. The one thing I'd say is that Oklahoma State was able to get to Quinn Ewers last year. That was the one thing where it just seemed odd. Texas was having a good season, standing games. Quinn was getting a little healthier. And then Oklahoma State game, second half, it's like at a happy feet or something. Oklahoma State didn't win that game by a lot. It was 41-34. But it was enough where it was like, this is a little odd play from Texas quarterback here. So I'd, I'd be curious about it. But at the same point, I think Texas is going to be one of those teams at the end of the year that's in the Big 12 championship. And right now, you know, I got – I got one loss, maybe two against Baylor, but you know, one one out of conference loss and then one loss against Baylor. Yeah, I think has to be no you. And I don't think OU will have a tremendously great season or bad season. I don't think they'll have a season like they did last year. I think they'll finish right close to Oklahoma State, kind of eight and four range again, and they'll bounce back quite a bit here just because they'll have another year in their whole getting everything together system, basically. And the whole year of Brad Venables being able to recruit guys will help out a ton too. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I do like him as a coach in spite of myself, you know, but but results speak for themselves. And like five and seven is tough. Uh, and before everyone out, I, I can hear everyone, you know, screaming at their at their uh, at their car speakers or wherever you're listening to this. Uh, 
Sark went five and seven in his first year. Yes, he did, but he but he wasn't coming. He wasn't inheriting a program that was used to ten win seasons plus every single year and multiple playoff appearances. You know, basically handed the keys to a, a well oiled machine and then went five and seven. That would have been like Ryan Day taking over Ohio State and immediately going five and seven. He didn't do that. Ryan Day took over a well-oiled machine at Ohio State and kept him winning 11 games, going to the playoffs. So, Brett Venables has a ton to <laughs> a ton to prove. The I mean, their season basically boils down to will they rebound? Like yes or no? Like uh, will they get back to form or will they not? I I think no. I, I have them going seven and five. I think they're super beatable still as they showed last year, but you know, improvement but not a lot. So I have Texas beating them. Yeah. Um, so and then they, we have a bye week. So nice little dead center split right down the middle bye, which is nice. Um, and then we've got two games against the newbies. We've got Houston and BYU. So that is uh, neither of those really scare me too much. Um, I mentioned Houston, I, I think could easily be last in the big 12 that that's kind of where I see them ending. Honestly, um, I don't think we're going to have any trouble with Houston. That is one probably even more so than Baylor. As you mentioned, that is going to be a complete Texas crowd. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure that is technically a road game. Let me double check. Uh, yeah, it's on the road at Houston, but I mean, two and a half hours up the road, is Austin and I mean Houston half of Houston is is UT fans anyway. So I think that's going to be a complete Texas crowd. I think they're going to handle Houston with no trouble. BYU is is a little more interesting, although I think they're going to struggle in their first year also. Um I have Texas winning both of these games. The biggest thing about this BYU game is that it it is going to give me flashbacks. And if it goes the way I think it will, I think Texas wins this game. It's, it's going to be a little satisfying given that the last time we played uh, BYU was my freshman year of college at UT when Taysom Hill, none other than Taysom Hill beat Texas at home by about 40 points and just ran all over Charlie Strong's first team uh for first defense there. So that was that was a really tough way to start off my uh my college my college experience um as a Texas student. So this is going to feel good um hopefully, you know, if, if Texas takes care of business, but I, I really think they they will. I don't see much trouble with either of those teams. The the only one thing I can say is that Keaton Slovis, he plays for BYU. You know, I mean, the, the guy who played for Pittsburgh and then transferred to USC didn't really play a ton for USC. That's, uh, well, because Caleb Williams transferred as well. But it's not the point here. Uh, Keaton Slovis. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, names names changing places, all type of stuff. Transfer portal is very active. But yeah. at the end of the day, I, I think you're right. I, I think that Texas goes ahead and takes care of business here. That Houston game. That one, yeah, I feel completely fine saying it'll be a University of Texas Longhorn crowd there, brother. <laughs> and you'll basically be going. I mean, I'm I'm trying to do a whole hell accent here just to be funny, but that's myself getting a little bit tired in the tongue here. So, but then the BYU game, yeah, that one's that one's a home game where I maybe worry about if it's in Provo, but it's not. It's 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 an Austin, it's a DKR, so that's a win as well. I think so. I think so. Um, so moving on now to K-State. 
K-State, that is um, that is one I'm going to put down as a loss. Again, kind of conservative. Um, I, I but the, these are the these are the top two pick teams in the Big Twelve. Um, Kansas State was really close to being picked to to win the Big Twelve, as you mentioned, returning their quarterback, I believe, and most of that team that won the Big Twelve. So they deserve to be up there in the conversation. Um, I think this this is a toss up. I really do. I think this is a toss up and I'm going to I'm going to pick against Texas, which I hate to do. Um, but again, you know, we're going to try a little bit of reverse psychology here. I think we're going to know after the Bama game if this Texas team is going to is going to, you know, be close to running the table. So but but K-State is really good. I mean, I, I they're they're very good. Um, I, I'm blanking on their coach's name now. I looked it up a second ago, um, but taking over for um you know, for their long time regime there, like that's a, that's a tough job. So I, I think he's done an incredible job. Um, give me two seconds. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Chris Kleeman. Chris yeah. Kleeman. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's uh, what more can you say? I mean, their their Bill Snyder was there for. 40 years or something. So um, they were, they showed themselves to be a legit team last year. They're returning a lot of guys sort of like Texas. They lost their, their longtime premier veteran running back. Um, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to miss him quite as much. Um, but they Kansas state will definitely have a good year. I don't see them making the big 12 championship game again. Um, but I think they'll be in the mix, in the conversation. Um, we don't need to go into their schedule in too much depth, but I do think they fade a little bit uh, down the stretch, losing to Baylor and maybe uh, Iowa State. So, um, but I, I think I think that's a game Texas could lose. I, I'd, I'd put it similar to the Baylor game, where Texas just tends to lose like two or three Big Twelve games that they're not supposed to against kind of overachieving opponents, and I, I think K State could be that team. This is where we differ. I think that this Texas team, in my mind, makes the Big World Championship game. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but I think they make the Big World Championship game, and this is one where I think they go ahead and take care of business at home. Uh, last year, that K-State loss rings rings tough, right? And I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. You know what? Maybe you do the reverse jinx. I do the jinx jinx, and we'll call it good here, but I think no this problem. is one where Quinn Ewers takes care of business here and uh, goes ahead and this is his like Heisman moment ish, you know. I mean, it's for Belton Torts, it maybe at the end of this season here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then moving on to TCU. So this is a big time revenge game. I mean, TCU, I think, I think they won eight games by by five or less points or something last year. It's a crazy they, they had a crazy run. Um, probably couldn't do it again. I don't think they're gonna do it again. But TCU is a good team. Uh, Texas lost a a heartbreaking game to them at home last year. Um, so this one's on the road, which is tough. But uh, this is one I'm going to pick Texas to take. It's another one of those possible toss-up games. But I like Texas in a revenge game here. They, they lost last year 17-10 at home. And it was one of those things where a million things went wrong for Texas and they just could not get a foothold. We outplayed them, but just couldn't get points on the board. Um, if one or two, uh, sort of like the Bama game where one, one or two things go differently. And this game is, is a Texas win. So I think we get it back. Um, TCU, we mentioned they've got a, an interesting schedule. 
the Sonny Dykes, the coach, you know, gotta love him. He's a, he's a, he, or wait, did I just say the wrong name? Sonny Dykes, right? Sonny Dykes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah uh, I thought for a second it was the the Arkansas guy. Yeah, yeah, Sonny Dykes. Um, but TCU, they overachieved last year. They're absolutely a good program, you know. But but I think Texas wins here, uh, even though it's in Fort Worth. I agree. Couldn't could not have said better myself. The, I do think TCU. Max Duggan ended up being a seventh round draft pick, and he took his team to the national championship. So he's yeah, a dog. I, I, he's I, a I dog. He's a dog. He's a charger, but he's uh, he's also not there anymore. So yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, TCU has the same fire and twinkle in their same eyes they did last year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So we'll we're uh we'll we'll breeze through here so we can um I I have a take about our last game of the season that I think would be a, a good segue here but I think we beat Iowa State we touched on them earlier good program pretty good team but uh, Texas is the better team I think they win um so even though again that's on the road could be tough you know it could be a tough environment but we 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 tend to we tend to beat them tom herman was the one who had trouble with iowa state so well i, I think i think we're we've been better against them recently and i think we'll we'll continue to do that um and with your permission i will kind of segue given our last game of the year here uh into who i think is going to be the surprise team oh please. in the big 12 yeah. this year and that's texas tech I think I think Texas Tech is set up to have a really incredible year. They are I think they could I think they could win 10 games. I really do. And I'll I'll just get it out of the way. I I think Texas loses their last game of the year to Texas Tech, given that I think Texas Tech is coming off of a magical season. I don't think they're competing for a playoff at, you know, at 10 and two. But I think Texas Tech, they, they are returning their entire offense, which coming from last year, it's uh, it's Shao, uh, I think, is their quarterback. I have no idea how to say his name, but he's a returning starter. Um, they're, you know, they were a top 10 passing offense last year, like they always are. Um, Tyler Shao, yeah, that's uh, the, the Oregon transfer. Um, they're, they're a great team. They, they quietly also have a really good home field advantage and their three of their biggest games with the exception of Texas are all at home. They have a crazy non-conference game against Oregon, which is at home in Lubbock. They also play K state and TCU at home in Lubbock where they went six and one last year. Texas tech scares me a lot. They also killed Ole Miss from the SEC in their bowl game. They're, they have a ton of momentum. I would hammer the over on their win total, which is seven and a half. If you're, if anyone out there is a gambling person over seven and a half wins, seems like a great bet to me. Um, I have, I have Texas tech making the big 12 championship game and playing Baylor. And this is I've I've I made a conscious decision to not go chalk here and just go oh Texas against Oklahoma or Texas against K State or whatever. I'm going I'm going out I'm going out on a limb here. You may think, but I think by the time we get to this matchup at the, in the last weekend, I think Texas Tech is going to be in position for that Big Twelve championship game. And I personally begrudgingly really believe in this team and think they're going to get super hot this year. Thoughts? 
Wow. I did not see them coming. Uh, it's in, I mean, the game is in Austin and it's a Friday game. It's, it's, to me, this is one that's right. The my pick in Austin, or am I looking at last year? I nope, the game's in Austin. And by the way, this, like this pick has more to say about how I feel about Texas tech rather than I feel about like this particular matchup. Yeah. I just think Texas tech is going to surprise everybody this year. And that maybe is my it's, hottest take in the big 12, you know, from this whole episode. But I think, I think Texas Tech is going to have maybe not quite a TCU level season from last year. You know, I don't think Texas Tech is making the the championship game or anything, but I think they could win the Big 12. I really do. So I'll say this. I UCF in my mind. They're 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 great. Like they'll they'll be there at the end. We'll be going, hey, UCF. That's my kind of like dark horse I see making all the way. But man. Texas Tech, maybe I. It's possible. I just that the Oregon game, like man, that's a game that Bo Nix and Oregon you figure would win. I I do agree. I, I don't necessarily you know, think they win that game, but the fact that it's at home in Lubbock, I mean Lubbock is a tough place to travel to, so I think they have a real chance in that game against Oregon. I don't I don't want to just necessarily have to check my stats every single second, but. Oklahoma State beats Texas Tech. And if I'm setting the bar at Oklahoma State on if you're going to be good or not, Oklahoma State's not bad. But, like, Texas Tech, you got to be better. You got to beat Oklahoma State last year when we won seven games. And they didn't. And they had the same quarterback. And they're great. It was in Stillwater. But, like, man, I just – that's one where I see – I see Texas winning against Iowa State and Texas Tech and then going to play UCF and – Victual championship with having one, maybe two losses, you know, Alabama and then maybe Baylor on the schedule. And I, I just don't see it for tech. I no, I hope kid, you're right. Like, I really do. Kid, I just I, don't, I, really I just right. don't, I don't love, I don't He put up stats against Oklahoma state, but we kept shooting ourselves in the foot the entire game, that game. And so I just don't, I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're right. And I just completely, they got, I mean, it, I'm just it's, saying it's crazy. Yeah. They got guys like Texas Tech has guys like and they got a what one that I was reading about preparing for this was they have they got a four year starter center at center from Western Kentucky, all American center who who transferred there uh, for his super senior season. So like they got leadership on that offensive line. They have they they had their best recruiting class in the last like seven years. I think Texas Tech is big time on the rise, and I'm just I'm going out on a limb and picking this as the year they put it together. And maybe Oklahoma State played Donovan Smith last year, and that was the deal because I don't. Yeah, Shaw was Tyler, was hurt. Show, he was Shaw that much, but man, I just uh... and he's Donovan Smith. I think he's the Houston guy now. He transferred to he Houston. Transferred Houston. That's too so funny. he's got he's got a little bit of experience over there, but not. You know, not much. So we'll He's see not, on that. Yeah. But that's my, you know, that's my uh, my haywire idea. I mean, it's not that crazy. And, you know, you mentioned the the preseason poll. Like, they're picked fourth in the Big 12. Like, they're ahead of TCU. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. They're ahead of Baylor. Like, that's, I mean, clearly other people do see this. I think I think that's, that's going to be the big hiccup 
That's going to be the hiccup in the Big 12 this year is Texas Tech is going to skyrocket. Maybe it's a one-year thing. Maybe Joey McGuire has really built an actual program here and they could stick around. But I think this is the year they kind of make themselves known. Yeah, the, the thing, I guess, for Texas Tech is like they don't they, – they play – they play three of the four new teams. Yeah, they no, they play all four. They play Houston, UCF, BYU. They don't play Cincinnati. They don't play, yeah, they don't play Cincinnati. Hey, Wyoming and Tarleton State are, are two easy teams to play against, but then the Oregon yeah. game. Um, and Pat, by the way, I have their second yeah. loss being to Baylor. Okay. I do think Baylor beats them. I think they lose to Oregon and Baylor, but other than that, I think they could win out. So I'll just I'll I'll put my stamp on that. I'll say they, they right. win ten games. Why not? It's hey, it's it's very very possible. And for all the listeners here, we'll come back here and maybe we'll do OU and the rest of the Big Twelve kind of next week because we're already at an hour into the podcast. But like I, I don't know. It's um, or we could just run through our OU schedule real quick if you want to because it's just. Yeah, we. I mean, we we don't need to necessarily do the whole yeah. schedule here. I mean, we. I, I think they. I think they go seven and five. You know, they have okay. a ridiculously easy out of conference schedule. Like, yeah, like it's, it's stupid easy. Like, come on, guys. Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. Like, come on. Let's. Where's let's, the Ohio let's, State of old? You know, where when are you yeah. gonna play some real teams? You know, what are we doing here? Seriously, yeah. But that's that's OU for you. You know, that's just the kind of program they are. That's the, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, they, it, they got it. it yeah. yeah. And they play BYU, you know, who, who's not great. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I think, oh, you, I have them going seven and five, which sort of like, um, sort of like UCF. I, I think they'll be in the, in line with UCF sort of where seven and five is probably their floor realistically um but they could easily go eight and four that's kind of where i see them and um you know i think the middle of their schedule it it could get tough you know with texas and ucf but then they got kansas osu and west virginia no offense you know that those should be win of winnable games for them and byu as well so i think they close out the year okay yeah so seven and five for ou who do you have them losing to who do you think these five losses are if you're Texas, uh, you know, and, and UCF, yeah. I think is what you're saying, but Texas, probably UCF, um, and then TCU. And then I would, I would also just have them drop a game to Iowa state. Yeah. And then, and then possibly, uh, yeah. I mean, so maybe eight and four is probably better. I mean, I could throw them, throw them a loss at Bedlam also on the road or, or Cincinnati you know. on the road. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. you know, I mean, it's, it's possible. I, Early I season. Here. Yeah. How about you? Where where do you see them ending up? See, I see them like nine and three, you know, it just Dylan Gabriel was supposed to be like the guy and he just didn't look great last year. I got to think he takes another step in the right direction this year with that offense. OU like was just depleted. It was like, oh, how are they going to do with Brett Venables after losing Lincoln Riley? Oh, they got Gabriel in, et cetera. I just think they could take another. St- I think they could just be like bounce back almost. Where for OU nine and three is not great. Like OU's used to having a double digit win season every year, and then still going. We did make it to the gold championship. What happened? So I could see OU just being right there. Their non conference is so easy. They play the, the teams that they generally slip up against. 
you know, the, the West Virginia's of the world, the Iowa States of the world, the TCU's of the world, they all play them at home. So, yeah, I just, like, OU's going to beat Kansas. I feel like OU's going to beat Oklahoma State, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say. The at BYU game, I could see them losing. And then, like, Texas, I could see them losing. And then one of the other ones. But, like, that's kind of where I see OU is, like, 9-3, and three, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Just because, you know, maybe they lose Cincinnati, but I don't know. That seems like probably a win from what the preseason poll looks like. Maybe no, I don't UCF. think that's yeah, you know, it just yeah. it just seems like they it just seems like they they go ahead and take it, you know. I don't think that's crazy whatsoever. And I think most OU fans would be pretty happy with nine and three yeah. as a return, not quite a return to form, not a return to playoff form, mm-hmm. but I think they would see that as okay, last year was a fluke. We're just getting in a new system. Now we're winning football games. You know, we're 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 back in the mix. You know, so and and you've mentioned. I know we got to wrap up. So so you've mentioned a couple times. You do have Texas in the in the Big Twelve Championship. Who do you have uh, Texas playing in that game? University of Central Florida. Um, How about that? Their non conference schedule. And so I also put down the outline like pick the best new team in the Big Twelve for next yeah. year. That's also UCF. I think goes without saying from, from what I'm saying here. Agreed. Um, Kent State. UCF kicks off the Big 12 schedule with NKU does as well, but UCF, Kent State, that that generally speaking should be a win. They've got hey, they have Gus Miles on there, like he's gonna do some stuff with UCF. That's he was fun. fired way too quickly from Auburn, oh, by the way. Way like that's too that was super impatient of Auburn in my opinion. But yeah, and then like I'm looking through like UCF's tough games here. I see him dropping the game to OU. Well, maybe not. Maybe UCF gets up for it, and they're like, oh, let's show Dylan Gabriel what's up. There probably are still got to be a couple guys on the team. I said pro- there probably are still, but there's there's got to be a couple guys on the team for, for UCF who are like, let's show what Dylan Gabriel, what he's missing out on, you know, as far as the quarterback transferring away from us. And really kind of having a revenge tour. The K-State game will be tough for him too, but at the end of the day, like, I, I just I, I believe in UCF. I think that so many of the Big Twelve schools having to travel so far to go play against them. I mean, Baylor is like, wait, hang on, where are we going again? West Virginia, it's not that far, but Oklahoma State in Houston, not close. I just it's just, it's just travel is just not not looking great. The one thing that does here to UCF is that they they play six games at home. And four Big 12 games. So, like, that's tough. Generally speaking, you play, like, five usually, you know, yeah, games, is whatever. Weird. So, it's a little odd there. West Virginia suffers from the same issue this year. And, and several other teams do, too. Like, when I'm looking through it, like, you know, Texas Tech has, you know, they have four Big 12 games at home. But then, you know, two non-con. So, it's like most teams have this issue. But UCF. It's not like they're pulling in. Oh, Cincinnati's got to go all the way to them, and they got to all, go all the way there. But I do think it'll just be a Gus Malzahn throwing everything at the wall, trying to prove that he wants to move on from UCF. Honestly, like a lot of these guys are going to be coming through the Big Twelve, going, "How can I get to the Big Ten SEC from now on out?" And hey, that, that'll be his deal. Um, their non-conference schedule is so easy; it should give them a lot of momentum going to play at K State, and then their bye weeks in the middle of the season. So. Rest up, get some injury health, and be good from there. I like it.
Yeah. What about you? You have so you have Texas Tech and, and Baylor, right? I've I've as of today, Texas Tech and Baylor, given my my Texas sort of uh reverse psychology here. But I just don't I think Texas Tech, like I think tech I put Texas Tech above Texas um in just the overachieve category. Mm-hmm. Like Texas, I think will kind of be the same as they usually are, you know, eight and four. You know, they they just lose a couple games that they shouldn't. I think Texas Tech is going to lose a bunch of games that they normally don't. Like I think Texas Tech is going to win games they're not supposed to, and just have a have a special year. I think they're kind of set up for that. Returning experience, they got better through the transfer portal, and I think they could they could easily get beat in that game by a by a possibly better coached Baylor team. You know that that game would be really interesting. Um, but I think Baylor Texas Tech could could shake up the Big Twelve this year. Mm. Well, you know what? I Baylor, I could see it. Texas Tech would would shock me. And that's just Dave Aranda already being there recently. And Jeff, uh, excuse me. <laughs> totally mixed up the Texas Tech head coach name. But um, yeah, Joey McGuire. Yeah, Joey McGuire here. I could see him doing something a little different, you know? It's, it's good. I mean, Texas Tech's schedule just isn't easy. Like, they play all the Big 12 schools I wouldn't want to play. You know, K State. Yeah. TCU, Texas. I would not want to play any of those three. I think they're all really good. And they play UCF, who I also think is going to Big 12 Championship. So, yeah. And, I, so, yeah. and just last word here on, on Joey McGuire. He came from Baylor. He's a Baylor guy. He was the assistant head coach at Baylor uh, for, for Matt Rule. In fact, he was the he was the interim head coach when Rule was uh, went to the NFL. So, there's some connection there. I think that would be an awesome game. Just a little side note. So, I, hey, I agree. We'll rematch from the regular season, too. I agree. Well, as always, Patrick, great having you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining here. Thanks for I having me. Love you. your hot takes. Love the uh, love the Texas Tech fandom, kind of, but not really. It's not fandom. You know, it's just it's not a vote fandom. of confidence. It's just, it's just a vote of confidence. Hammer yeah. the over seven and a half if you're, if you're a betting man. And... We'll uh, we'll catch up here soon. We'll have to do uh, probably a uh, a podcast here. Maybe oh, maybe it's Texas by week. You know, hit you up ten fourteen. Be like, hey, how are those Longhorns doing? You know, I mean, I'll know of course. We we'll know by then. Along, yep. but we'll know by then. We'll figure what we got. it out here. So, as always, thanks so much for joining, man, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks a lot. Hook 'em horns. Go pokes, or as I got an email from somebody, go pistols. No one says that, but pistols firing is definitely a thing. So, you know, chats the uh, people sliding in my email inbox trying to really stir up some conversation by saying go pistols. Like, I appreciate it. You looked up what's going on, two through LinkedIn, but it's what it is. So, please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more if you aren't already. And we'll catch you guys soon. Peace.